Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review, but most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. We are on episode eight now, I believe, and I'm going to be your host today. I'm James Donahue, and I'll be your host for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker. Folks, we have a good show for you today. We are going to be breaking down our last series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which we successfully walked away with two wins. We are then going to be previewing the up-and-coming series against the Colorado Rockies that starts tonight. Uh, That's going to be a two-game series. And then we have an off day on Thursday. And then we have another series against the Arizona Diamondbacks back at Oracle Park. So crazy times. And something that we also need to address in this episode is that we are clearly in win-now mode. And what I mean by win-now mode is that I think it's pretty safe to say After the trade deadline has ended and we did not see any significant moves, I think it's safe to say that we're trying to make a playoff run. I think Farhan Zaidi is confident in the team that we have. And as the trade deadline has come to a close, the Giants are walking away from it with their lineup just as intact as it was entering the deadline. The Giants did manage to acquire a left-handed reliever from the Tampa Bay Rays by the name of Anthony Banda, or Banda, depending on how you pronunciate your long A sounds, for cash considerations. In an article written by Alex Pavlovic, he explains, and Pavlovic is one of the well-known Giants beat writers, he explains in this article that Banda was once a top 100 prospect three years ago, so that's interesting, but he did have Tommy John surgery in 2018 and hasn't gone back to form since. Last year, Banda produced a 5.94 ERA and has a 3.90 ERA in the minors overall. So maybe there's a little bit of a chance that this guy can come back into form. If there is anything I've learned from Farhan Zaidi, it's that he has a tendency to find diamonds in the rough. However, not to say Banda is our new diamond per se, but my point is that there must be a reason why Farhan went out to get someone whose numbers aren't as easy on the eyes as other players may be. Another move the Giants made was getting rid of Derek Rodriguez, the Tigers yesterday officially claimed Rodri- Ro- excuse me, whoa. The Tigers officially claimed Rodriguez, there we go, off waivers from the Giants and optioned him to the alternate training site. And honestly, this is something I'm not too sad to see happen considering that Rodriguez gave up 6 earned runs on 10 hits and 4 innings pitched, including 2 home runs in 2020. So, at the end of the day, yes, he did. Earlier on in his Giants career, did show some promise for us, especially as a starting pitcher last year. But at this point, it did not seem like he was going to be putting it together. But other than those two moves, the Giants remain stagnant, probably telling the world that they are ready to make a playoff run this year. And surprisingly enough, that might actually be attainable. All right, moving on to the Diamondbacks recap. After this last series against the Diamondbacks, the Giants are walking away with two wins from this three-game series, and we are now tied for third place in the division with the Rockies, who are the team we face next, and the first game of that series will be tonight. 
In Game 1 versus the Diamondbacks, the opposing pitcher Zach Allen proved to be a, a challenge as he has the last time the Giants faced him. He finished the game pitching 7 innings, only giving up 1 earned run on 5 hits while striking out 5. Gallon now has an ERA of 2.09 on the season, and I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that we should expect to see constant production from this young stud the Diamondbacks have for years to come. On the other side of the mound, Tyler Anderson unfortunately did not have an outing that emulated his complete game shutout that he pitched a week and a half ago, the last time these two teams faced. In 4.2 innings pitched, Anderson managed to give up 7 earned runs on 9 hits while only striking out 3 batters. I mentioned that Cattell Marte was someone who had ownage on Anderson heading into this game, and that's exactly what we saw when he finished his night against Anderson, going 2-for-3 with a double. Although Anderson had a tough outing, something very encouraging to see, however, was that our bullpen failed to surrender a single run or hit while striking out three batters and three innings of relief in this game. Now, if you failed to stick around to watch the whole game, I don't blame you at all. But unfortunately, the most exciting part of this game did come in the last two innings. I mentioned in my last episode that the Giants needed to get to the Diamondbacks bullpen as quickly as possible. That proved to be true once again once Gallen left the game. In the 8th and ninth inning, the Diamondbacks bullpen gave up three runs on four hits, including a double from Wilmer Flores, a triple from Brandon Belt, and a ninth inning home run from Brandon Crawford. But unfortunately for us, our bats woke up in this game a little too late, and the final score was 7-4. Now, in Game 2, it was a little bit of a different scenario. Luke Weaver, who was the opposing pitcher for the Diamondbacks, had a little more trouble quieting our bats, considering that he gave up four earned runs on eight hits and three innings pitched. And some of the offensive standouts from this game were Alex Dickerson, who collected two hits, Evan Longoria also collected two hits, including an RBI double. Brandon Belt also hitting a double while collecting two hits, an RBI, and two walks. And Crawford also joining in the double club. And to finish it off, Wilmer Flores smacked an eighth-inning home run for his eighth of the year. Something that was a little tough to see was that Trevor Cahill started out the game very strong, pitching three scoreless innings while collecting four strikeouts. However, he did run into some adversity in the fourth inning when it looked like he was struggling with some kind of injury on the mound. In the fourth inning, Trevor Cahill gave up a two-run home run to Christian Walker, pretty much solidifying the worries that the Giants coaching staff were displaying. After the home run, Cahill was taken out of the game, and the Giants' bullpen would go on to only surrender one hit and zero earned runs in 5.2 innings pitch. so the bullpen doing another phenomenal job late in the games. The Giants would successfully go on to win the game, leaving the series at 1-1 one, excuse me, one and one heading into Sunday afternoon's final game in the series. Game 3 ended up being another fun game to watch for us Giants fans for multiple reasons. First reason being, after Johnny Cueto gave up six runs to the Dodgers in four innings, he was able to come back to he, excuse me, he was able to come to Arizona and successfully have a bounce back outing, pitching 6.2 innings and only surrendering one run on three hits while striking out six batters. And what makes things even better in this game is that after Cueto was taken out in the seventh inning, our bullpen would continue to dominate the late innings by not surrendering a single run or hit in 2.1 innings pitch. Definitely a highlight throughout this entire series was the bullpen. For our offense, however, this game would be a relatively quiet one. After Alex Dickerson smacked a solo home run in the first inning, 
the opposing pitcher for the Diamondbacks, Taylor Clark, who I, I had no idea was pitching this game, pitched a phenomenal one. In five innings pitch, he managed to only give up one run on one hit, which was Dickerson's home run, while striking out seven batters. Thankfully, though, the Giants would go on to score three runs in the eighth inning, solidifying a win and the second one in a row, leaving the Giants half a game out of a playoff spot heading into this two-game series against the Rockies. That's right, a two-game series. Today is the first game of those two against the Rockies. Then the Giants have an off-day Thursday, like I explained earlier, only coming back to Oracle Park to start a four-game series against the Diamondbacks again. That's the third time we're going to be playing the Diamondbacks in a month. It's obvious that the Giants' front office is ready to make a playoff push due to not making any moves at the trade deadline for a second straight year, and it's looking more and more attainable as we get closer to the end of the season. For tonight's game, the Giants will be facing right-hander John Gray, who is someone who has been with the Rockies for a handful of years now. On the season, the 28-year-old veteran has a 2-3 record with a 5.45 ERA. Along with his entire career, this season has also been very up and down. Of his seven starts this year, he has only managed to give up less than three runs twice. His last outing against the Diamondbacks proved to be serviceable, but so was our pitching staff against the Diamondbacks. So I'm not sure how much that's saying. I expect this game to be very loud and very offensive heavy, considering we are playing in cores, obviously, and the fact that Brandon Belt will look to build on his career 381 batting average against Gray, which consists of three doubles, a home run, and four walks. Belt is still the man on fire. During this matchup, I'm also looking for Brandon Crawford to have a good game, considering he has produced a 333 batting average in 15 at-bats against Gray. So the Brandons, I'm looking for them to be doing some work. On the other side of the rubber... Rubber. On the other side of the rubber, I expect to see Kevin Gosman on the mound for us, which can be good and bad. During his last outing at Coors, Gosman gave up three earned runs on five hits, but he did end up striking out seven. My only worry here is that Gosman is Gosman's ability to keep the ball in the park, especially at Coors. I love Gosman so far this year. You guys all know I love Gosman this year, especially when he gets as many strikeouts as he does in games. But unfortunately, he has given up six home runs over his seven starts on the season. If we want to stay in this game, then Gosman will have to keep the ball in the park in order for our hitters to stay competitive, which I realize is a tall order when you play in cores, but it's essential in order for us to be competitive in this game. For game two, I, can, I can't see who's on the mound for us yet uh, at this moment of recording. I, I just don't know if the Giants have given out the information, but we should expect to see Kyle Freeland on the mound for the Rockies. On the season so far, Freeland has a 2-1 record with a 3.43 ERA over his last five games. Freeland has given up an average of eight hits, including the 11 hits he gave up against the Padres during his most recent outings. Some players I believe Freeland needs to look out for are Evan Longoria, who is hitting 385 against him with a home run, and Wilmer Flores, who has a 308 batting average against him with a home run and a double. Like I said, I currently cannot see who is on the hill for us, but if things stay in order the way they have been, then we should expect to see Logan Webb on the mound for us. If that's the case, then we should ex also expect to see another Giants pitcher who can give us a fighting chance to win a crucial game in a playoff hunt. 
Webb's last outing in Coors consisted of giving up one earned run on four hits while striking out four batters over five innings pitched. That's more than enough. His last outing at Coors was his first against the Rockies lineup, and he was able to keep the usual Colorado headliners such as Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Daniel Murphy, all hitless while only surrendering one hit to Charlie Blackman. But unfortunately, with this Colorado lineup, as we all know, anything can happen and things can get ugly pretty quick. I think one of the biggest keys to these two games is for our bullpen to continue to dominate in the late innings, just like they have been against the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Specifically, over the last 23 innings pitched, our bullpen has only given up two runs, which equates to a 0.78 ERA. That's absolutely insane. And the reason why I'm harshing or or making it a point to highlight the bullpen so much is because I honestly want to change the narrative. This entire year, the narrative, more specifically since the Oakland matchup and a little bit of the A's matchup, our narrative surrounding our bullpen has been one of the worst. But honestly, ever since then, it's been one of the best, in my opinion. Something else I'm looking forward to continuing is the recent production from Mauricio Dubon. I know it really doesn't seem like it, but over his last 13 games, Dubon has produced a 371 batting average and 35 plate appearances. If Dubon can continue to piece things together, that only adds to the depth of our already productive offense. Now that we are in playoff mode, the perfect scenario would be winning these next two games. However, I would be fine walking away from Coors with one win. Considering we have another four games against the Diamondbacks, who we have won five of the last six games played against. And the Rockies, well, they're going to go on to face the Dodgers. It's almost the perfect scenario. Needless to say, our odds of making a wild card spot are looking pretty nice. Not to mention, after we face the Arizona Diamondbacks, we will go on to face the Seattle Mariners, who have also been one of the lower tier teams in the majors. And who will the Rockies go on and face? Well, they're going to go on and face the San Diego Padres. And as of yesterday, we all know the type of team the San Diego Padres are. So things are looking rather, rather nice for us. Now, for those of you that were looking forward to making some moves at the trade deadline, I'm right there with you. I was absolutely looking forward to making some loud moves that would help set us up for sustainable success for the future. But that just wasn't the case. And it's just so weird that I could wake up today feeling a little conflicted about possibly making the playoffs. But I really know I shouldn't be. So I, why don't we just enjoy this playoff run together and see what happens after the end of this season? Because that's what this podcast is for, right? We're supposed to come together as a community to, to grieve the losses that we experience on the field, but we're also to come together as a community to enjoy what's happening, especially after the type of season this 2020 year has had for us. I think at the end of the day, the only thing we could do now is just trust that Farhan Zaidi has the team's best interests in mind, which I trust him. And I think we just have to enjoy this possible playoff run because honestly, this was not something that any of us were expecting. All right, folks, that's going to be it for today's show. Thanks again for tuning in and finding your way back to the Say Hey podcast. You're a part of history. Yep, that's right. You're a part of episode eight. That means episode 9, we should expect that to come out on Friday. Also, folks, if you do feel so inclined, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review telling me how much you love the show. And you can also rate the show just to show me how much you like the show. Again, you can also find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify, where you can go ahead and follow the podcast and be notified when there's going to be a new one uploaded. And the last thing I'll say, folks, is that any updates on the podcast can be found on my socials, 
on Instagram at James Donahue, James with two S's, and on Twitter at Cool Hip Jim. There, those platforms you can find me sending updates on when episodes are going to be uploaded, if there's going to be a delay when it comes to uploading. But also, you can find me giving live updates on games that are happening that night or day, and also fun stats about our team. Other than that, folks, I hope you're doing well. I hope you guys are staying healthy. Thanks again for tuning in to the Say Hey Podcast, and go Giants.